0: We know that we have those of our number that are are sick and unable to be with us, but we're glad that you're here and that we can gather together. Our lesson for this morning continues our series, More About Jesus. And we're looking in particularly at His final days on earth. We have looked at the Jerusalem elementary. We have looked at the prayer in the garden. We have looked at the Lord's Supper uh, and how that applies to us. Um, and those are all good lessons. We're taking this one step at a time, basically. Uh, today's lesson is going to be on the crucifixion and some of the, the particular verses that apply to Jesus' crucifixion. And in the coming weeks, we're going to have a separate lesson on the resurrection and, and some others as well. Uh, but as we look at the crucifixion, we're going to be looking... Uh, more so at Luke 22 and 23 than anything. So if you would like to turn there and follow along with us, uh, I would encourage you to do that. From being welcomed as if he were a victorious king. We look at, at Jesus and how he began this series. That, that's what we were talking about. He comes into Jerusalem riding on a donkey and And uh, the people laid palms and and laid out their clothes so that they they could tread on them. He was greeted with a a great, grand entry, a great acceptance by the people. And all within the span of a week, we see now that they have come to the point where they despise him, where they want to put him to death. And that's exactly what we're going to, to look at today. Jesus was put on trial uh, and a sort of an unofficial trial it was not according to the standards of the day but even being put on this trial we see that Jesus was charged with, with blasphemy the verdict though he had done nothing wrong was guilty. The sentence, death by crucifixion on a cross. This was all according to a plan. In Luke chapter 22, beginning with verse 1, Now the feast of unleavened bread drew near, which is called Passover. And the chief priests and the scribes sought how they might kill him, for they feared the people. Then Satan entered Judas, surnamed Iscariot, who was numbered among the twelve. So he went his way and conferred with the chief priests and captains how he might betray him to them. And they were glad and agreed to give him money. So he promised and sought opportunity to betray him to them in the absence of the multitude we see in the course of events that Jesus is betrayed by Judas, one of the chosen twelve. He is mocked, he is beaten, and ridiculed and put on trial. And as all of these things are, are taking place, we see that it was according to a plan that was made by the Jews. But it was also as according to another plan. In John 10, beginning with verse 14, Jesus says, I am the good shepherd, and I know my sheep, and am known by my own. As the Father knows me, even so I know the Father, and I lay down my life for the sheep. Verse 17, therefore my Father loves me, because I lay down my life. That I may take it again. No one takes it from me. But I lay it down of myself. I have the power to lay it down. And I have the power to take it again. This command I have received. From my father. This is all part of God's plan. For the redemption of his people. Not just offered to the Jews. but, But to all people. For all times. Our lesson objective, we only have one today. Learning more about what Jesus went through in his death. And what this means for us today. We pick up in Luke chapter 23 and beginning with verse 26. We read the road to Calvary. The road to Calvary. In Luke 23 and verse 26. Now, as they laid him away... (coughs) they laid hold of a certain man. As they led him away, they laid hold of a certain man, Simon the Cyrenian, who was coming from the country. And on him they laid the cross that he might bear it after Jesus. And a great multitude of the people followed him, and women who also mourned and lamented him. But Jesus, turning to them, said, Daughters of Jerusalem, do not weep for me but weep for yourselves and for your children. For indeed the days are coming in which they will say, Blessed are the barren, wombs that never bore, and breasts which never nursed. Then they will begin to say to the mountains, Fall on us, and to the hills, cover us. For if they do these things in the green wood, what will be done in the dry There were also two others, criminals, led with him to be put to death. And when they had come to the place called Calvary, there they crucified him. And the criminals, one on the right hand and the other on the left. Then Jesus said, Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they do. Jesus was led to a place that we call Calvary, bearing the weight of his own cross. It is widely believed that Jesus fell under the cross, and and it's not really stated in Scripture. We we know that the cross was handed to another uh, for whatever reason that may be, but along the way, Simon is forced to carry the cross after Jesus. We see that a great multitude followed him. There's a great multitude that was present. And then particularly in verse 27, it mentions the women. Women who also mourned and lamented him. And in the following verses, Jesus makes reference to the fall of Jerusalem, the destruction of Jerusalem. A day in which they they would weep for their children. Where blessed it would be the woman who was barren, who didn't have children, to weep over. Then we get to verse 32. And in verse 32 we read that Jesus is crucified between two criminals. I want to talk more about them in a moment. But we do understand these criminals to be robbers or thieves as according to Matthew and, and Mark in the way that they record these in, in their accounts. Uh, different translations use different references as well. Malefactors is another term that is used to describe these men. And we don't know their crimes. We don't know exactly what they did that would cause them to be crucified in the way that they were. But we do understand them to be criminals nonetheless. So they are punished to death by crucifixion. And so as we view this hill, as we view this place where Jesus is crucified, we see these two men, one on his left and one on his right. In verse 34, then Jesus said, Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they do. Jesus' offer of forgiveness is also a reminder of something that we read later on. Stephen offered a a similar plea. In, In Acts chapter 7, and beginning with verse 57, and as a read of Stephen and his martyrdom and the words that he uttered as they were stoning him. In verse 57 of Acts 7, Then they cried out with a loud voice, stopped their ears, and ran at him with one accord. And they cast him out of the city and stoned him. And the witnesses laid down their clothes at the feet of a young man named Saul. And they stoned Stephen as he was calling on God and saying, Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. And he knelt down. And cried out with a loud voice. Lord, do not charge them with this sin. And when he had said this, he fell asleep. As Jesus is being crucified, he says, Father... Forgive them. They know not what they do. Jesus offered forgiveness to all who were present, but forgiveness is not granted un- unless it is received in the right way. In, in Acts chapter 2, in verse 38, we see that Peter speaking to this, this group of people, and, and many of them were involved in in the crucifixion itself. And when they asked, what shall we do? Peter answered them in verse 38, Repent and let every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins. You see, there's more to forgiveness than offering. It's important for us to be able to offer forgiveness to those who do wrong to us. But the one in need of forgiveness must also be willing to do what is necessary in order to receive it. Faith and obedience to the command of God is how we take advantage of this forgiveness that is offered to even us. But as we continue reading, we read more of of the the two criminals that were on crosses on either side of Jesus. In Luke twenty three, beginning with verse thirty nine, Luke twenty three and verse thirty nine, then one of the criminals who were hanged blasphemed him, saying, If you are the Christ, save yourself and us. But the other answering rebuked him, saying, Do you not even fear God, seeing you are under the same condemnation and we indeed justly, for we received the due reward of our deeds, but this man has done nothing wrong. Then he said to Jesus, Lord, remember me when you come into your kingdom. And Jesus said to him, Assuredly, I say to you, today you will be with me in paradise. As we look at these two criminals, Uh, Something that might escape us if we were to read just one account is that both of them were involved in mocking and, and saying mean things to Jesus and about Him. Look at Matthew 27, beginning with verse 41. Matthew 27 and verse 41, this is just before what we read in verse 39. Likewise, the chief priest also, mocking with the scribes and elders, said, He saved others, himself he cannot save. If he is the king of Israel, let him now come down from the cross, and we will believe him. He trusted in God, let him deliver him now, if he will save him, or if he will have him. For he said, I am the son of God. In verse 44, even the robbers who were crucified with him reviled him with the same thing. I don't, meet, I don't believe that this is, is contradictory at all. But as we look at the, the span of time uh, from Jesus being hung on the cross and, and all of these events to the point that he died, somewhere in that span of time, one of these robbers, one of these thieves, one of these criminals, repented. They were both involved in the mockery of Jesus. But one repented. One of them realized who Jesus was. And because he did so, he was saved by Jesus according to his faith. Now, as we look at this criminal, uh, there are many today who believe that we can be saved like he was. And we can be saved like he was to some degree. But there's more to our obedience than there was for him. We've got to think of what side of the cross he was on. I'm not talking the left or the right. But what side of the cross was he on? This criminal was on the side of the cross before Jesus' death. Now, after his death, we know that that Jesus, uh, when he rose, he he gave the great commission. He told his apostles to go into all the world preaching the gospel, baptizing them in the name of the Father, of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that he had commanded. But before all of this, before Jesus died on the cross, we're not, they were not able to be baptized for the remission of their sins in the way that we are today. And so to look at the, the criminal thief and, and to say that that's how we can be saved today, it's a little different today than it was before Jesus' death. He was under the Old Covenant. Jesus had the power to save him. And so when he repented, when he expressed his belief in Christ, he was offered forgiveness. And who's to say that he wasn't baptized under John's baptism? Maybe he was. But even so, the baptism for the remission of sins had not come into play yet. And he was not under that law. In verse 43, Jesus said to him, Assuredly, I say to you, today you will be with me in paradise. In Luke chapter 16, beginning with verse 22, Luke 16 and verse 22 So it was that the beggar died and was carried by the angels to Abraham's bosom. We're reminded of of this story. Uh, We don't know if it was a, a parable necessarily or if it was something that actually happened. But we were given this story of a rich man and a man named Lazarus. Lazarus was very poor and the rich man wouldn't give him anything. Wouldn't help him in any way. And so it was that this beggar died. And when he died, he was carried by the angels to Abraham's bosom. The rich man also died and was buried. See, it doesn't matter what you have in this life. It doesn't matter what great possessions you have, how rich you may be. We still have this one thing in common among others, that we will all die. And both did die. In verse 23, And being in torments in Hades, he lifted up his eyes and saw Abraham afar off, and Lazarus in his bosom. And in verse 25, But Abraham said, Son, remember that in your lifetime you received your good things, and likewise Lazarus evil things, but now he is comforted, and you are tormented because of the repentance of the criminal which that was Jesus' mission when he came to this earth his main mission was to preach repentance to the Jews in order that they might repent of their wrongs against God that they might return to serving him and this criminal willing to repent he was not tormented as he would have been according to the deeds of his life and we have that same promise that that if we are willing to repent that we will not be tormented as we would have been if we had been found guilty on the side of God. We see that the, the difference here paradise, torment. Paradise for the one who is faithful to God, torment for the one who refuses to serve Him. Or even acknowledge Him. And then we see the cross. As we are going through these events. As we, we look upon the, the road that Jesus walked to Calvary. Bearing the weight of His cross. As we look at these criminals on either side of him, Even they mocked Him. Even they ridiculed Him just as the Jews did, although one was willing to repent. In Luke 23, beginning with verse 34, we read of the cross. And they divided his garments and cast lots, and the people stood looking on. But even the rulers with them sneered, saying, He saved others, let him save himself if he is the Christ, the chosen of God the soldiers also mocked him, coming and offering him sour wine and saying, If you are the king of the Jews, save yourself. And an inscription also was written over him in letters of Greek, Latin, and Hebrew. This is the king of the Jews. And even the Jews, as this inscription is placed above Jesus, even the Jews are not pleased With its wording. Look for a moment in John 19 and beginning with verse 19. Now Pilate wrote a title and put it on the cross and the writing was, Jesus of Nazareth, the King of the Jews. Then many of the Jews read this title, for the place where Jesus was crucified was near the city. And it was written in Hebrew, Greek, and Latin. Therefore the chief priests of the Jews said to Pilate, Do not write the King of the Jews... But he said, I am the king of the Jews. Pilate answered, what I have written, I have written. The Jews weren't happy with it because he wasn't their king. Or at least they didn't believe that he should be their king. And so they wanted Pilate to write. This is what he said. He said that he was the king of the Jews. But Pilate refused to change it. Let's look for a moment at the offer of sour wine. This sour wine was was not a goodwill offering at all. As we read in Psalm 69, beginning with verse 19. Psalm 69 and verse 19. You know my reproach, my shame, and my dishonor. My adversaries are all before you. Reproach has broken my heart, and I am full of heaviness. I looked for someone to take pity, but there was none, and for comforters, but I found none. They also gave me gall for my food, and for my thirst. They gave me vinegar to drink. It was part of the the humiliation. It was part of the, the mockery that they offered in these things. In addition to this mockery, we read in other passages throughout the Gospels, Matthew 27, beginning with verse 35, Then they crucified him and divided his garments, casting lots, that it might be fulfilled which was spoken by the prophet. They divided my garments among them, and for my clothing they cast lots. In Mark 15 and verse 19, Then they struck him on the head with a reed and spat on him and bowing the knee. They worshipped him, and they weren't worshipping him in in a a friendly manner. They weren't worshipping him sincerely. They worshipped him in mockery. Then as we get to Luke 23 and verse 44, we read that the deed was done. Luke 23 Verse 44 Now it was about the sixth hour and there was darkness over all the earth until the ninth hour. Then the sun was darkened and the veil of the temple was torn in two. And when Jesus had cried out with a loud voice he said, Father into your hands I commit my spirit. Having said this he breathed His last. The events of of this day were observed by Jesus' disciples who stayed at a distance. Jesus' own mother was present, as we read in John 19, verses 25 through 27. It, It was witnessed by the Jews and the Roman soldiers. Those who crucified him. And Satan saw it. Satan, who tempted Judas, who tempted Peter, who tempted the other disciples. As we read in Luke 22, he was there. God, too, was watching. Though, as Jesus mentions, for a time he turned away. Matthew 27 and verse 46. Though we did not physically witness the death of Christ, we were there too. Because it was for our sins that Jesus died. Just as much so as it was for, for them of that time. The veil of the temple was torn in two. This is God's response to the religious leaders of the day who had put Christ to death. And his pronouncement of judgment upon them for their unbelief. As we look a little later in time, especially. We see that that as Jesus died, as he was crucified, and as he would be buried and as he would be resurrected, the services of these priests were no longer needed because there was a different plan in place. No longer were they going to offer sacrifices unto God to atone for their sins. The, The ultimate sacrifice, the one final sacrifice that covered all the sacrifice of the perfect lamb had been made. The sanctity and distinction between the holy and the most holy place was was now destroyed, was now abolished. Atonement for sin would now be offered through the blood of Christ, shed on the cross for many. As he himself said in Matthew 26 and verse 28, And the institution of the Lord's Supper. And we see a reference also here in verse 46. To Jesus' faith. His faith in God. His faith in the will of His Father. Is evidenced in His cry. Into your hands. I commit my spirit. Even though he had died on the cross. Or was dying on the cross. Even after all that he had been through. His faith was not shaken. Yes. Even Jesus. Had faith. And so. His faith is evidenced. In this cry. And all of these events. Were according to the will. Of God. We are not given many details. Regarding Jesus sufferings. and going to the cross. And hanging upon it. And ultimately dying. For our sins. And if we knew. All the details of his suffering. If we knew the pain. That he was going through. The agony and everything. That was coming upon him. The mental anguish That went along with the physical. Would we understand it? If we knew all that that there was to know. About Jesus' death on that cross. Would we comprehend it? Would we be able to bear such an understanding. Of the sufferings of Jesus. Jesus went through much more than we realize to offer us forgiveness from the cross Jesus said Father forgive them for they know not what they do you realize that Jesus offer for forgiveness was not just for those physically present at his crucifixion but it's also for all of us even today so when I look at my life I realize that, that I've sinned also and that because of my sin Jesus had to die and I believe that that even if it was just for me, that Jesus would still die for me. You see, I had a hand in putting him on that cross. Even though I wasn't physically there, and even though it wasn't my shout that said crucify him, it's still because of my sin. That he had to go to the cross in the first place. So when Jesus says, Father, forgive them. I believe he's talking about me. And you. As we noticed a moment ago when we we think of this forgiveness that is offered. It's offered to all people. But there are many who are going to refuse Jesus. There are going to be many that refuse to acknowledge His existence. There are going to be many that refuse forgiveness for one reason or another. But I hope that that we're not one of them. See, in order to be forgiven, there's something we must do. As Peter told... The Jews on the day of Pentecost. Repent and let every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sin. That's the same thing that we have to do today. By faith, we confess that faith. We repent and we are baptized for the remission of our sins. And we still must live a faithful life. And maybe it is that you've not lived faithfully. Maybe you need to come back. Repurposing, rededicating your life to His cause. But if you do have any need whatsoever today, if you stand in need of responding to the Lord's invitation, we give you the opportunity as together we stand. as we happening.